Blessing and peace on you. Welcome, guys, to today's podcast. Yeah, experiencing real life. I call you blessed in Jesus' name and tell you that today I'm going to be taking you to a staff meeting at Open Door Church. Like, why would I want to go to a boring old staff meeting? Dude, I don't do boring meetings. I do. <laughs> I do not do boring meetings. And this one is especially outrageous because I have Pastor Darren Stott. Yeah, who is that? Well, he's like this weirdo urban preacher from Seattle. <laughs> That's who he is. And he actually preaches and pastors and leads a church that is called the Seattle Revival Center. Yep. He's going to be telling us all about his adventures in the year 2020 and what God is speaking in the year 2021. I mean, you're going to like this. Again, Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center at the staff meeting at Open Door Church. Here we go. How you guys doing? You doing good? Man, it's so great to be here. And I just love how cool uh, Pastor Troy makes me sound. Um, yeah, so we, we did. We went into uh, into into the chop zone. We, were, we spent uh, four days there. And they were the, we, we didn't know it was actually the last four days of, of chop. So we were there for the final um, four days. And, and what's kind of, it's, it's funny now. Um, it wasn't funny then, but we actually went the very first night, our very first time going in there. It was, uh, it was 1030 at night. Um, and you've got seven, uh, white guys that come rolling up into that, into that area, you know, and, um, and we look like cops. In fact, we, we roll up in a 15 passenger white van with tinted windows, um, and we didn't know, but they were actually watching us. They had uh, surveillance cameras um, all, all through CHOP. So they were actually watching us come rolling up. And they sent a girl to come and, and vet us out. Um, and the Lord highlighted this, this young guy that was just uh, uh, sitting on this concrete block thing, um, smoking a joint. And I, I felt like I was supposed to go and just ch- chat with him. So just went and just asked him, uh, you know, who are you? Like, what, you know, who are you? You know, who's your daddy? And... Um, <laughs> Anyways, just started a conversation, and I just got him talking. He's just talking about the cause, you know, the cause, and just everything. He's just talking. He's high, you know. It's all, it's all good. And he's just um, doing his thing. And and then uh, I let him talk until the Holy Spirit started talking. Uh, and then I just, just kind of gently interrupted him, and um, and just began to to read his mail. And um, which was which was just wonderful. You, you, there was just a, a real faith, real ease on it. And so, um, and then finally the dude interrupts me and says, pray for me. And he puts out his hands and we never told him that we were ministers. We like, you know, and so, uh, so I said, all right, so I'm going to pray, but my, my team's going to, so we all came around him and just began blessing him and prophesying over him. And, uh, and so that was really cool. Well, it, it turns out that was, um, Rio, um, and he was put in charge for those for the final hours, and he was the like the the president of the nation of Chop. When you went into Chop, there are signs saying "Now leaving the United States of America, entering a, a law-free zone. No police were allowed in there." Um, so on that night, th- things kept getting hairier and hairier, 
everybody's high. Everybody's loaded. There's a dude with a machete um, just swinging it around. There's another guy with a shovel who every so often would just, he would just snap and attack people with his shovel. Um, and so the nights went on. Finally, uh, a guy went um, uh, um, skateboarding by me um, with a handgun, and he was beating garbage cans. And they were just getting more and more freaked out. They were just, they were, they were high. They were getting wigged out. They thought the cops were coming in. They was just, um, and so finally we thought, we, we got to get, we got to get out of here, right? And, um, and so I'm trying to get uh, uh, the team and, and we're there with uh, Charlie Champ and he's prophesying and he's having a good time. And I'm like, Charlie, we, we got we to gotta go. He's like, no, I'm, I'm starting to really feel it. I feel like there's a, a real annoyance. I was like, no, 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 the, the Holy Spirit's leaving, bro. We're leaving with him. It's, I was like, like, I was like, you can, you can stay. I'm going with Holy Spirit. We're getting out of here, right? We're on our way back to the van, and this, and this, and this guy c- comes up to us and says, you cops, aren't you? And said, no, we're not, we're not cops. Yes, you're cops. And you know what we do to cops? He said, no, what, what do you do? He said, we kill cops. And so w- whether you're cops or you look like cops, we'll kill you. Do you understand that? He said, yeah, yeah, we, we understand that. And um, he has pentagrams tattooed all over his neck, all, all kinds of occultic symbols. And he said, um, he said, uh, you better leave or we will kill you tonight. And, and, and if we kill you if, you, if you scream, nobody will care. And he goes, and what do you think you're going to do? You think you're going to call the cops? There, there ain't no cops in CHOP. And so we, we would kill you tonight and nobody would care. And, he, uh, and so we're like, okay, that's nice. Yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> isn't that special, right? All right, so we're, you know, we're, we're good. We're leaving. Um, and so, uh, so that was kind of crazy. And so anyways, we came back the next day and the next day after that. And, um, and when things would get crazy, uh, pe- people thought we were the proud boys. When, 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 when stuff would start to get hairy, we'd say, um, well, at one point Rio actually came to our defense because, uh, a, a portion of our team were being accused of being the proud boys. And it looked like things were going to get crazy. And Rio, the guy in charge, came to our defense and said, no, I know these guys. These guys are Jesus people. They're legit. They can be here. So we spent four days protected. Uh, We had Antifa. We were blessed by Antifa. We were actually protected by Antifa to be there. And so we saw people delivered of demons. We saw countless people give their lives to Jesus, all kinds of healings. We saw people sober up right in front of our, right in front of our eyes. And, it was, and we were there all the way up to the very end, the last day when the cops came in and drove them all out. And there on the, the protest line was Rick, the head of security for CHOP. And with the news cameras running, we were praying and prophesying over the head of CHOP security with his, with his nine still strapped, you know, right, right there on the front line with all the police and he, and he almost went down being slayed in the spirit right in front of all the news cameras. In fact, the, the news asked if we could move because pastors praying for somebody in front of the camera didn't meet up to the kind of narrative that they were trying to create. Anyways, yeah, so my name's Darren. Uh, man, it's so cool to be here. Man, uh, it's such an honor. I, I honestly have no idea why I was, why I was even invited. I am not, I, I am not that impressive uh, of, of a guy, but I am in love uh, with your uh, pastors, Pastor Troy, Leanna, Pastor Jerry. I'm so impressed by these guys, so impressed by your team. Man, I'm, I'm just so glad to be here and be all up in your atmosphere, and I'm just going to be here all week just drinking, just drinking of this open-door wine, you know? 
I'm a big drinker, and so I'm just getting, I'm just getting in, 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 intoxicated in this very special sauce that you guys have here. This is so unique. I don't even think you realize the vintage that you have here. It is, it is so special. Um, I, I love the culture. I love just how real Pastor Troy and Pastor Leanna are to be in their home, their atmosphere with their family. It's so, it's so incredible. And so um, I am blessed. I'm going to go home changed. I, I absolutely uh, know that. Anyways, I was, I was praying for you this morning. I was like, God, you got to give me a word. You got to give me a word. You got to make me look good. If, if I don't look good, they won't have me back. I was like, and I want to come back. Um, and so I was like, God, like, like speak to me. And, and, uh, and I felt like, I felt like what the Lord said was that, um, he's going to give you a, uh, or he has given you a grace to discern and to displace the distractions that the enemy is saying to get you off point. And what I feel, what the word that, that, the, that the Lord spoke to me, I was like, God, give me a word. And this is the weirdest word. It's not a, a word that I use every day, but it's the word nuisance. And, uh, and, and so, uh, like, nuisance, right? Like, that, that's it. Like, thus saith the Lord, nuisance. Hopefully that is a blessing to you, you know. Nuisance, <laughs> peace out, right? Like nuisance, like what? What? What is that? A, a nuisance is um, a, a people, uh, uh, things, or circumstances um, that come to distract you or to annoy you, and that's what the enemy is uh, has been doing. That's what he's going to try to do is to create situations and circumstances to send people your way that are going to be distractions to get you off point and to distract you from the mission of Christ Jesus, not just for your region, because you're not just a worldly, you're not just a church here in this, in this, in, in this region. It's not just about your local expression, which you realize, but it's about your, na- about the nation, not the nation of Texas, okay, the, the nation of the United States of America and the nations. I like what um, Chris Valton says. He says that uh, local churches will transform flocks, but apostolic churches will transform cities and nations, and that is the call. And so because you're serving underneath an apostle, you have to realize that no matter what your grace is, it might be uh, a pastoral grace or it might be a prophetic uh, a grace, but because you're in an apostolic center, there is an apostolic responsibility on you, which you have to realize that means that you are an overseer, not just of this local exp- exp- uh, expression, but that you are an overseer over something that the Lord is doing in cities and nations. Your influence absolutely matters, and it's so important that you don't let this revolution pass you by or that you just don't say, this is Pastor Troy's thing. No, the Father is establishing something. It's his kingdom business, and he is establishing it through a unique thumbprint, and that is the open door experience. And so what the enemy will do is he is creating these uh, nuisances, these these things to, to, to get it to distract us and to occupy uh, uh, or to hog your 
bandwidth to slow down your download, which is the place of revelation, that place of authority that you get through heavenly disclosure where you see something that you didn't yet see before and to bog down your upload, which is your praise, your intercession, your connection with heaven, with the divine, all things source directly from the vine. So what I felt like, uh, uh, what I wanted to bring uh, this morning was uh, uh, this word on the importance of stomping the frogs. It's time to stomp the frog. Just say stomp the frog. All right, so to do this, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Ephesians um, 6, uh, uh, 10, and you'll, you'll know this text. Perhaps you even have it um, memorized. This is the whole armor of God text. And Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, crazy, creepy things uh, from the age of darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Everyone say stand. Good. Stand therefore, having girded up your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shot up your feet with the gospel of the preparation of peace. And that's what I wanted us to look at um, today is these uh, shoes that we're going to stomp the frogs with. Now, what's interesting here is that when we talk about shoes of peace, now listen, I think that this, that this word shoes of peace is a very important word for 2021 because I'm, uh, 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 we, we thought that 2020 was crazy. I don't think we've seen um, any, anything yet. Um, uh, uh, things are, 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 are going from cray to cray cray, amen? And, and so if we're going to do this, we're going to have to, we're gonna have, to have our peace shoes on. Now, a lot of us, when we think of shotting up our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, we instantly think of perhaps maybe uh, shoes that Jesus wore, you know, and, and, and scholars tell us that Jesus wore Birkenstocks, right? When we think of peace shoes, we immediately think of uh, two words, peace and shoes. When you think of peace, you know, if you were a child of the 60s, you know, you immediately think of John Lennon, give peace a chance, smoke a doobie, right? And so we think uh, uh, we have this, uh, uh, we, we, we have this contextualized version of peace, bro. And so we think, man, like, like all right, so I'm going to shot up my, my feet with the gospel of passivity. I'm going to put my passivity shoes on. I'm going to put on my hippie shoes and I'm going to be able to stand firm. So it's interesting. And, and we know this because we're all, we're all Bible teachers here. And, um, but we know that when Paul was writing this, that he was using the context of a Roman soldier. He's talking about armor. And I can tell you this, that when a Roman soldier would go to war and, and they, would, they would fight in all these different conditions and all these different battle terrains, that when like Roman soldiers did not put on flip-flops, they did not shod their feet with Birkenstocks. Why? Because if you're out there in the mud, if you're out there in, in this these slippery, in, in, in this place where, you, you, you know, you, that would mean your life. You put on flip-flops and you a dead man. And so when you think about these peace shoes, you got to realize that these, 
that these shoes that a Roman soldier would wear, that these weren't, these weren't flat body, these weren't converse, that these were, these were cleats. These were like golf shoes. And they didn't have rubber, they didn't have rubber soles back then. So what would they do? They would take nails and they'd pound them through the bottom of the shoes. So the bottom of their, of their, of their shoes were actually nails so that they could stand in any sort of terrain and that they could keep their, their footing, that they would not lose their life because they had the wrong footwear on. I'm telling you, 2021 is going to be the slipperiest year we have ever faced as the church of Jesus Christ. And if the bride thinks that she's going to stand firm with her passivity shoes on, she's gravely mistaken. You know, several years ago, I'm talking about more than 25 years ago, I was playing in a band, a Christian rock band, and we played all kinds of secular places as well. And we were in Austin, Texas at the Liberty Lunch, and I looked up and I saw a sign that said this. It said, time is God's way from keeping everything from happening at once. Now, that was actually a quote from Albert Einstein, but I didn't know it. Friends, this is Troy Brewer, and I want to tell you that for the past 25 to 30 years, I've been studying how God Almighty interacts with time. Like, why would I need to know that? Because I'm going to tell you, He can enter into your past. He can enter into your now. He can enter into your future. And you do not have to be shackled by any fear of your future or any shame of your past. It's an amazing revelation. Friends, I got a brand new book that's called Redeeming Your Timeline. I also have an e-course. I got study books. I got all kinds of stuff that goes with it. You got to know this. And you can find it at troybrewer.com. In fact, uh, scholars actually tell us that, that Romans, if they had to, if they had to, they would actually use their shoes as a weapon. They could actually kick their enemy with their nail shoes on and use their, use their shoes as a weapon. You guys, our peace shoes are weapons. And that is because we define peace as, we, we define peace at sometimes as pacifism, the absence of war. I like how um, uh, uh, John Paul Jackson defined peace. He, he defined peace or, or shalom as the ability to destroy the anarchy that brings you to anxiety to destroy the anarchy that brings anxiety. I, I had this lady, um, uh, she didn't like that we were at um, Washington, D.C. on January 6th. We were there with a team of 14 people. Again, on the 5th, saw demons coming out of people, saw people getting saved. Um, yep, even uh, Trump supporters have demons. So we, we were seeing all this stuff happen on the 5th. On the 6th, we weren't able to do any. How many of you guys were there as well? I, I heard that a bunch of open door people were there. Um, so, <laughs> don't raise your hand. Yeah. So we were there and we came back and we started talking about what, what really happened uh, versus what the media uh, said. How, how many know that, that there's what the media said what happened and then there's what actually, what actually happened? And so we, we began talking about what, what, you know, what actually happened. I've never had so many people send me emails uh, uh, and even people, I know, I, I, I had people that, that all, all they would say is, F you, traitor. You know, uh, people reporting me to the FBI, like all, like all this, all, all this crazy stuff. And then finally, this, this lady, this lady called me out. And she said, she said, 
how do you how do you think that you can be a peacekeeper and a warrior? You need to pick one. And I said, "Listen, lady, I will never be a peacekeeper." I said, "We've already got the UN and we know how helpful they are." Where would we be without the UN? Man, thank God my family and I could sleep tonight because of the United Nations, right? Like, no, we do not need the bride of Christ to be as helpful as the United Nations. It's not blessed are the peacekeepers, it's the peacemaker. Now, I'm not from Texas, okay? Um, but uh, I, I have heard about Wyatt Earp and, um, and, and, uh, and, and his little friend that was called the peacemaker, because if you're going to be a peacemaker, then you've got to have a war and you've got to have somebody with the heart of a deputy, with the heart of a sheriff, with the heart of justice to step into the injustice to make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. And how do you know that all creation is groaning and waiting for the revealing of the peacemakers? For the people that have enough courage to lean into the tension, to lean into the chaos, to lean into the anarchy, and to bring the kingdom of God, which isn't meat or drink, but it's righteousness, shalom, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus, that Jesus is the kingdom. The kingdom isn't just something that you do. The kingdom is something that you are. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. How can you say that? You're looking at it. I it. I it. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is where? It's inside of you. Yeah. That, that just, just to close right now, I am the kingdom. The kingdom is Jesus. The kingdom is inside of me, that I am an oracle of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, if we separate Jesus and the kingdom, then all we're going to do is a bunch of do, 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 always do, 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 and always feeling like we're not measuring up, that there's always, we're going to someday do the, I got a kingdom assignment, it still isn't, but we can't divorce Jesus from the kingdom Jesus is the kingdom, and you are in union with Jesus. The kingdom of God, the seat of his righteous authority, is inside of you. You're not just a priest. You're a priest and a king, called in this order of the order of Melchizedek. That's what we need to see, is an, an order of righteous sons, an order of peacemakers. I'll tell you what, on, the, on election day, uh, in Seattle, they were boarding up all the businesses, putting up uh, plywood over all the all, all the businesses because they were expecting all these all these riots. I said to our facilities manager, Steve, because when I talked to my team, I was talking like a Batman voice. Steve, guess up the van. So I told him at staffing, Steve, guess up the van. We got the van ready. Why? Because if riots broke out in downtown Seattle. The peacemakers were going to be coming in. Darren Stott and the peacemakers. It's the name of my new band. Our album comes out. It drops this fall. Darren Stott and the peacemakers. 
This is what God is calling for us to do. It's a, there's a militancy in the spirit. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know I'm at, I know your pastor, he freaks me out. I say, I feel like, I feel like a weirdo Seattle Metro. I'm I, like, I, I feel like I fish out like Texans are no stinking joke. I'm talking to peacemakers today. I'm talking to a house of peacemakers today. And God has called you to do something. Wait, what's, what's he called me to do? He's called you to stomp the frogs. You got to stomp the frogs with your war shoes. Your peace shoes are your battle shoes. Shot up your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, just like the Roman soldiers, so that no matter the terrain, no matter the mud, you will stand firm. Listen, I know what you guys are going, I, I cannot believe what I heard this last week and what you guys are, are walking through uh, this tragedy as a community. And what should your response be? Be your response to be to shot up your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace that I will not lose my footing. I will stand firm. I will stand firm. Just declare this with me. The frogs, they gotta go. All right, you're, 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 you're like, Darren, you're ADD. Yeah, what's up? Nice to meet you, you know? Yeah, what are you talking about frogs for? This is the most confusing thing I've ever, yeah. It's okay, so it's Exodus chapter eight. Exodus chapter eight. This is when we get into the frogs. So then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will plague all your country with frogs. The Nile shall swarm with frogs that shall come up into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and on the, on the house of your servants and your people. They'll be in your ovens, in your kneading bowls. They'll be on your laptops and iPads. Frogs, frogs, and more frogs. They will be everywhere. The frogs shall come up on you and on your people and your servants. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the canals, over the pools, and make the frogs come upon the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters. Uh, now, uh, pause. That's my James Gall pause. He said that to me one time. I was, I was talking, and then he goes, pause. So I was like, <gasps> and then he did his thing, and then he was like, unpause. So we'll just, we'll just pause right there for a second. Listen, I know a thing or two about frogs, okay? Um, back in the day, I took my family out, and we cut down a Christmas tree. And that's about as, as hardcore as we get in Seattle, right? You guys kill cows with your bare hands in Seattle, we cut down our own trees, like, you know, and that's, and that's like, that's a felony in Seattle, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I cut, we cut the tree down. It was crying. Oh, no, no, ouch, 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 ouch. I'm cutting the tree down. Um, uh, hippies are putting nails in my tires. So we, um, you know, while eating granola. So we, um, yeah. We cut down this tree. We get home. We're in bed. We're going to sleep. 
And in the middle of the night, I hear a, a, a sound come from downstairs. And it's just this. I was like, what the baby? You know, like, I was like, what? <laughs> what was that? Like, it sounded like somebody's, <laughs> like, somebody had indigestion downstairs. I was like, there's a demon. There is a demon downstairs. Needs some Tums. Um, you know, I did what, what anybody else would do. I was just like, whatever, I'm just gonna go back to sleep, right? And then, um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I heard it again. And then this guy got, this guy got, got going. He got going on. He's down there, ribbit, 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 ribbit. So we got, we got our flashlight, you know, and we got, you know, because if you, if you, you can stun a frog with a flashlight, you know, and so like we're in the tree, we're trying to catch this thing and it's jumping all through the branches. Like, and, and I'm like, let's just leave it. Andrew's like, there's no way you're going to leave a frog in my house, right? Like you can imagine trying to sleep with this guy going off downstairs. So I had, we had to finally, we had to finally catch him. So anyways, I know a thing or two about being plagued by frogs. We did, we did catch him um, and we killed him and ate him. So... Um, <laughs> but the magicians unpause. I'm glad, I'm glad I told you that story, but the magicians did the same by their secret arts. Isn't that funny? They're like, oh yeah, that's what your God can do. Well, look what we can do. More frogs. Yeah. Yes. That's a major win. Like these guys. Um, so they made more frogs. So then you got God's frogs and you got the enemy's frogs. Bottom line, frogs are just a pain. No matter where they came from, God or the enemy, frogs are just a pain in the, in the, in the bottom. And so Pharaoh called Moses and said, check it out. Finally, enough was enough. Plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses said to Pharaoh, be pleased to command me when I am to plead for you and for your servants and for your people, that the frogs be cut off from you and that your house, that your houses and be left only in the Nile. And so Pharaoh's like, please, I'm done. Get rid of these frogs. And Moses is like, all right, great. Let my people go. Let my people be free. And look at what Pharaoh's response is. Tomorrow. Moses said, be it as you say, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Here we are living in a time of massive injustice, injustice coming against the poor, the widows, the orphans, massive injustice coming against the people of God, against the church of Jesus Christ in our nation. There's where we're at. And then there's the trajectory of where things could go if the sons of God don't wake up and begin to manifest the kingdom of God on the earth. Let me tell you something. A hundred more years of great preaching is not going to transform our country. A hundred more years of great conferences is not going to drive out the frogs. Moses came and said, we can deal with this. And what was the response? Tomorrow. And let me tell you something. This is what we are hearing in the church. There is an opportunity to do something. There is an opportunity to respond. There is an opportunity to drive out the frogs that are bringing anxiety and anarchy. But the response is, I'll do it tomorrow. And we have tomorrow conferences. 
Here's what's coming. When's it coming? Tomorrow. And then what happens? You show up, you, you show up tomorrow and then you hear that it's, t- there was a, a friend of, a friend of mine, a good friend of my dad's, one of my dad's best friend. His name is John Scotland. And he is just this, he's from, he's from the UK. And, um, and he talked about this time in, in the UK, everybody goes to pubs. It's just part of that, that culture. And, and so he, he, John talks about, um, uh, going into this pub and there was a sign on the back part of the bar and it said free drinks tomorrow. Have you really? I was like, the UK is kind of like open door church, you know, Um, free drinks tomorrow. And I wonder if that's the sign that we've had in our churches free drinks tomorrow. We'll drive out the frogs tomorrow. And this is what the Lord wants for us to do. He wants for us to put on our peacemaking shoes, our war shoes, not just so that we can stand today, but that we can begin to stomp the frogs today and that we would have a militancy to begin to drive out these demons that bring anxiety and anarchy and lawlessness. And that spirit, um, we'll be talking about uh, Laodicea, I think later on today with, with, with um, Jamie Galloway and Pastor Troy. But I'll tell you, um, when you're looking at Revelation 3 and you're looking at Laodicea, and what did God have against the church and Laodicea? He said, I have this thing, I have this problem with you. You tolerate the frogs. We're living in a country that celebrates the tolerance of demons. And in a great majority of the Christian church that tolerates demons, not, not, not people, not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers with demonic ideologies to deconstruct the foundation and biblical pillars of the church and of our very country. And we're being told that it is a value to tolerate these demonic entities that bring Anxiety that bring anarchy that bring when you when you look at the the what's happening with uh, I think it's the 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 number two cause of death in uh in the in the teenage population in our country suicide suicide and the the, the problem isn't necessarily the lack of, of government at Washington, D.C., the problem is the lack of government within the church of Jesus Christ. We took off our cleats and we put on our Birkenstocks. We've been tricked into thinking that peace is passivity and that passivity will lead us into counterfeit unity and there is this, there is a counterfeit unity. How many know that counterfeit? It looks like the real thing. It smells like the real thing. It even feels like the real thing. 
but it's not the, in fact, we've got places, I was telling Pastor Troy, we've got places in Seattle you can't even use cash anymore. Why? Because you can't discern the counterfeit from the real thing anymore. The counterfeit has gotten so good. What The real Lord's Prayer, okay, wasn't our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That was, that was our Lord teaching us how to pray. The real Lord's Prayer is when we get a glimpse into the prayer life of Jesus where he is pleading with his Father. I can't believe that Jesus allowed that to be published. That is so raw. Like Jesus allowed some stuff to be published that was so raw. And here's Jesus pleading with his father saying, hey, in the same way that you and I are one, in the same way that we are in union, I pray that the church would be in one with us, that they would be known for their love. He did not say, I pray that they would be known by their compromise. His prayer isn't that we would just get along. His prayer is that our values and the values of the Trinity would be in complete and total alignment. His prayer is that there would be no compromise and that there would be the kind of truth and love that we love each other, so we tell each other the stinking truth. And we tell each other the truth because we deeply and affectionately love each other, that we will fight for each other because we love each other. That was the win, Jesus says, in the same way that you love me and I love you and we are one. Let them be one. And yet the message right now is, um, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Because for the sake of Christian unity, I will... I will apologize for being obedient to the Lord. Don't you dare stinking apologize for being, you know what it means to apologize? It means that you're never going to do it again. Don't apologize to me if you're going to do it again. Hey, Pastor Darren, sorry for stepping on your toe. (laughs) I just did it again. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I just did it again. I'm sorry. No, if you tell me that you're sorry, don't stink and do it again. Otherwise, don't apologize. Don't apologize for the presence of the Lord. Don't apologize for manifesting the presence of the Lord. Don't apologize for the glory of the Lord. Don't apologize for taking, I prayed for that guy and he didn't get healed. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Why? Your job is to be obedient. You're not God. You don't get to manipulate the future. Your role is not to manipulate the future. Your role is to partner with the Holy Spirit to forge the future. And who does that? The fearless. The fearless will be the ones who forge the future. And if we fear man, then we don't fear God. And this is what the Lord wants to impregnate within us. That I love, I love superhero movies. I, I wrote a book called Pattern Interrupt where I'm ripping my shirt open. There's a big Superman logo on my chest. And it's a shirt. It's not my, it's not my actual amazing. But um. You know, it's, it's a t-shirt, but it's like, and like, and I, I just love super, and the super movies, when the villain shows up, when the frogs show up, the ordinary citizens are always screaming, ah, someone do something. Ah. This is why I love the stories of Jesus. 
You know that Superman was modeled off of Jesus, that the, the, the creator is a Superman, the, the whole thing of, of, of a man coming from a different realm, from a different planet, to come born of a, of, of, of a human and a human race, to, to come and to bring justice, execute justice on behalf of the human race. That's why if you go in my office, I got an uh, eight-foot by four-foot mural of Superman with laser beams. Some people are into lions. Some people are into guns, like Pastor Uh If you come in my office, I got Superman paraphernalia all, all, all over my office. It, it, to me, it's what it, some people are inspired by bald eagles. I'm inspired by laser beams blowing everything up. The Superman is the inverted man. It's the kingdom of God inside coming out of his eyes, his mouth, coming out. It's the picture of what the, what the sons of God are supposed, supposed to look at. In the movies... Um, I can say ADD, you'll get used to me. So in the movies, you got people that are, and they're screaming, somebody do something. And then it's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And, and you read the stories of Jesus, somebody do something. Jesus, where, where were you? You're late. Jesus wept. He approached the tomb. His nose um, flaring like, like an enraged bull. The word choice there in the Greek with, with a rage towards death. He approaches the injustice, the villain of death itself that was about to be overthrown by the cross. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And we think that being a Christian is voting Republican, freaking out, saying, somebody needs to do something. Yeah, that somebody is the sons of God the peacemakers. As long as we're complaining about the frogs, we're robbing the world of the justice that can only be found through Christ Jesus. There's going to be riots. There's going to be, Steve, gas up the van. Why? I don't think like a pastor. I think like Batman. I'm not your, I'm not your, your I'm not a normal I'm Batman. And I'm raising up an army where we say injustice is our responsibility because presidents are cool, but they don't have the kind of authority that I have. That legislators and the Senate and, and, and all that cool stuff that they do, God bless them. We need, we need heroes that are in the streets that are filled with the power of Jesus. The enemy's done everything he can. Um, uh, Justice League just watched it recently. They bring Superman back to life. So he's dead and he comes back to life. Interesting. And when he comes back, he's forgotten who he is. And he's dangerous. And he has to, he has to remember who he is. And this is a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. So much power but we're dangerous because we've forgotten who we are. And all of a sudden you begin to read the word and all of a sudden you begin to hang out with people like Pastor Troy and, and Jamie, all of a sudden the, the spirit of God and the enemy's always right there. Enemy's always right there. The, the, the demon of unbelief, the demon of hope deferred. Hope deferred has, um, has an apartment in most of our churches, by the way. And we make them blueberry scones and give them coffee with caramel creamer. Unbelief is a demon. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely, 
freely give. Stomp the frog. Stomp the frog. And we've got to stop saying tomorrow. God will honor. God will honor you today. Behold, today is the day. I, I tell people all the time, some people are waiting for the, for the, um, for the third great awakening. Well, I'm not. Some people are waiting for the next wave. I'm not. Why? I'm, I'm on a wave. You wait for the third great awakening. I am the third great awakening. I am the kingdom. It's, it, the kingdom is Jesus. He is seated inside of me. It's time to stomp the frog. Yeah? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you real quick? All right, just put out your hands in a receiving posture. Just take it by faith. Just, yeah, thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for this, this room of superheroes. And I pray, Father, that you would remind them who they are. I thank you for this room of peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Father, I thank you that I'm in a room full of generals, full of testimonies, full of authority, that they overcame the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And Father, I pray, God, that this room would be reminded that their authority is in their testimony, that, 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 that the books that have yet to be written, the, 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 the video testimonies that have yet to be told, because we were told that testimonies have an expiration date, but the enemy is a liar. And I declare there is great authority on your testimony and God is going to use the, the, the shameful, disgraceful parts of your past to reveal the grace and brilliance of Christ Jesus. I declare you are qualified because of the blood of the Lamb. And I declare people are going to step into hope and breakthrough because you had the courage to stomp their fraud. Lord, we give you so much glory and so much praise. We give you so much thanksgiving. We thank you that we are alive for such a time as this, the most important year in human history, and we get to be a part of it. We humbly praise your name, King Jesus. We honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, I love you guys. God bless you. Well, so there you have it. Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center. Um, super good friend of mine. Love Pastor Darren. And if you loved this message, and if you're like, oh, I need to see this on video, I wanna encourage you to partner with us. And if you partner with us, I will give you access to every video we have ever produced for free. Every TV show we've ever done, every podcast we've ever done, every conference we've ever done, every guest speaker we've ever had, all of that is free to you because you partner with me. And I want you to know that just um, in the month of January and February, we have dug, we have literally dug 31 water wells throughout the world. We have saved over 500 boys and girls in January and February throughout the planet Earth out of sexual uh, trafficking. Guys, we're doing so much. And as long as people continue to partner with us, we'll do things at this level because because that's the power of partnership. And another part of the power of partnership is that I can actually bless you with this incredible gift. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe 600, 700 hours. I, I have no idea how many hours of videos is on this. Point, click, have your life changed, including this one with Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center. Also, please don't forget that you've been listening to a podcast. And if you haven't signed up, for our podcast, um, and you're welcome to do that, you can find it at troybrewer.com. Again, go to troybrewer.com, or you can call 
0888. Bye-bye, everybody.